Now on to the report. Welcome back to Reborn Report, and this week, football starts. The Bills, our favorite team, our hometown team. Yeah, we're from Buffalo area. We're big Bills fans. We play the Jets, right? At home. I think we're going to have a good season. Oh, you say that every year, but this year <laughs> seems like it'll actually be a good year. <laughs> well, last night we got to watch, or two nights ago, was it? we got to watch the... Um, Kansas, Kansas City, City Chiefs. Chiefs play. Chiefs. <laughs> they yeah. look a little better than Houston. Yeah, they look like well, they, they won the Super Bowl last they, year. They look like they could repeat. So I mean, if you guys aren't Bills fans or sp- football fans in general, um, sorry you have to. We are just wear. I got all my, our Josh, gear. my Josh Allen shirt. I'm wearing my Stephon Diggs jersey. He just came to the team. He already got his jersey. Yeah. And what about that hat, DJ Sporting? Bucket Bill's hat. bucket hat. <laughs> well, thanks for being here and tuning in. And we want to continue our study on God's grace. We're kind of winding down, but we've been on his love for a topic or a podcast or two. And, you know, I just believe that a proper understanding of God's love can solve many theological problems. I mean, I think it could get rid of the thinking that God is the one who's causing earthquakes and hurricanes and tornadoes and other bad things just to judge people. I don't, I don't believe it. Not since Jesus has come. You don't buy it? No, I'm not buying that. Now, the Bible talks about in the end times, pestilence and things will be a sign of Jesus coming again yeah. in the prophecies. But that's different than judging people. Right. I believe that religion, to a degree, has been misrepresenting the Lord. Let me explain. Let's use salvation as an example. The reason why it's so easy for a person to get saved or get born again is because God's grace is being properly presented in church. And so people's faith then is just simply their positive response to what God has already provided, what he'd already did, right? Right. But suppose salvation had been presented differently. Like, Jesus might forgive your sins. He might come to the earth and die for you if you'll repent and pray hard enough. If you promise never do anything wrong again and live holy, then God might save you. Hmm. (laughs) None of us would ever get saved because we'd think, well, I can't do that. But thankfully... The reason it's easy to be born again is because we're told that Jesus already died for the sins of the world. He's already commanded his love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Exactly. It's the good news because it happened. It's the truth. It's not good prophecy. It might happen, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. So because of this, it's easy to reach out and receive something that's already done, already provided. And because it's already done, here's the thing. There's no element of doubt in it, Mm. wondering, 
well, will God save me? Will he do it? I don't think anybody's ever got saved and think or questioned, well, I wonder if I really am saved. You know, well, that, maybe, but not once you really know, like, yeah, once you know it, you know it. Yeah. And that's the reason you can be born again so easily. But then along comes religion. And we run into the same problems that we see the Galatians did in the back in Jesus' day in the Bible. In the Bible, we're told that the Galatians were people who received the gospel and they were born again. But then shortly afterwards, religious Jews came in and started saying, faith in Jesus isn't enough. Mm. You also have to be circumcised. You have to keep the law. You have to observe the feast. You have to do this. You have to do that. Keep traditions. Exactly. Really, they started perverting and changing the gospel. They said, oh, you might get born again by grace, but God won't bless you. He won't answer your prayers or move in your life until you start living holy. And Paul responded to this perversion of the gospel in his, in his letter to the Galatians, or the book of Galatians. Right. And uh, I'll read from the beginning of chapter 3 in Galatians. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if it had been on a picture, if it had been a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Mm. Of course not. You received the Holy Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Right. How foolish can you be? <laughs> After start starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Lays it right out there to him, doesn't yeah. he? He doesn't hold back. Any. No, Paul was saying that this teaching that these Jewish leaders were coming in and telling them was wrong. He was telling them that you're living in that deception. Yeah. DJ, back up a little bit in Galatians and read chapter 1, verse 8 through 12, I believe it is. It says, Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again what I have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Wow. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but <laughs> I of guess God. Not. <laughs> if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no wow. one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Wow. It's obvious that Paul didn't want anyone, the Galatians who he was speaking to, to misunderstand what he was saying. Right. You know, it's unfortunate, but I believe that this is exactly where a large part of the body of Christ is today. I mean, they're preaching salvation only to the degree that people can be born again by grace. Mm -hmm. It's a popular song that they sing for the altar call, just as I am without one plea. But later on, after they're born again, they start saying, just as I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And as a result, people start trying to live right, thinking, oh God, have I done enough? Am I doing enough? 
Today, there are so many Christians who are wondering, why hasn't God healed me? I fast, I pray, I read my Bible, I go to church regularly, I pay my tithes, I'm doing everything I know how to do, so why hasn't God healed me yet? Yeah. Well, the answer is simple, yet it's very profound, and here it is. They're not pointing to what Jesus did for them, they're pointing to what they have been doing. And that shows that their faith is in their works, what they are doing, thinking that God responds to that kind of faith. And that's simply not the proper understanding and the balance between grace and faith that we've been teaching now for weeks and right, weeks. Right. Why? Because our faith isn't, doesn't move God. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Your faith is very good, and, and it's vital in our pleasing God. Mm. But it's just as important to know and understand that God has provided everything for you independently of you. And all your faith does is reach out and appropriate or take what Jesus has already done, what he's already provided. Yeah, so if you're pointing at your goodness, then you're not putting faith in God's grace. Right. You're putting faith in your efforts and your performance. Again, don't get us wrong. It's good for you to do all these things that we just mentioned, praying, right. fasting, reading the word, yeah, attending church, tithing. It's all good but not to affect God or get him to respond to you. Try to make God do something for you. Right, because God's love for you isn't based on what you do. He doesn't save you because you're worth saving based on some goodness in your life. No, it's his grace that he commanded his love toward you while you were yet a sinner, the Bible says. Your holiness or lack thereof doesn't change God's heart toward you. God loved you before you were even holy. Right. And now that you're semi-holy, a little bit better, yeah. he doesn't love you anymore or any less. But your holiness will change your heart towards God. Mm. We need to study God's word to change our hearts. Yeah. It's not because if we're good enough, God will reward us and answer our prayers. No. It's only man's religion that would teach such sort of stuff, not God's word. We need to attend church because it helps us to hear the word of God. Fellowship with other believers gives us encouragement. Right. Seeing the power of God through other people's testimonies that they've been healed or hearing about the miracles that are happening to other people, it's good for us. Right. It helps strengthen our faith, right, DJ? But it doesn't make God love us any more or any less. Right. And I'll share the secret with you, Deej. Isn't it an ancient Chinese secret yeah, like yeah. you used to tell me? Ancient if dad, you tell me, you have to kill me? Ancient dad secret. <laughs> God's not keeping record of our church attendance. He doesn't, he doesn't take roll call? <laughs> yeah. he, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm serious. If, when if, you walk into church, God doesn't say, Don Pfeiffer, you go present. <laughs> <laughs> if you never go to church again, God would still love you exactly the same. But still... You need to go to church because you're constantly being bombarded with unbelief in the world in which we live today. You need a place where you can go to hear the truth. God's love for me is based on his grace, not my performance. And knowing this Bible fact, this Bible truth, it helps me. Now, I can try to have a great positive self-esteem, and we should. 
But even if I think I'm never wrong and everybody else is the one with all the problems and makes all the mistakes, eventually I have to be honest and look in the mirror and admit I do some dumb things. Last week you said we need to have Christ esteem, yeah. not self esteem. Well, I, that's right, you do. Yeah. You know, I make mis- I have to admit I make some mistakes, but it blesses me to know that God's love for me is not conditional. Right. It's unconditional. Right. It's not based on my abilities. And so we're moving in the direction that God wants us to go, but we're not doing everything perfectly. And still, we're seeing good things happening in our life. Because, Every day. Yeah, because I know God loves me in spite of me, not because of me. You stole that line from me. Yeah, yeah I've heard you say that before. <laughs> and truthfully, there are very few perfect people in the world. I think you've said that before on this podcast. Except, a couple except times. my wife, Gail. She, she's, she's perfect. Is she? Well, I'm trying to get a little reward. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear about the, your rewards. You know, most of us deal with some feelings of unworthiness, thinking, God, why me? Or why would you choose me? I'm not qualified. But listen, if you look at the people in the Bible that God used, you'll see that every one of them the Lord called said, God, I can't do it. Yeah. And they struggled for a period of time. Yeah. DJ, I want you to read what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting with verse 26. 1 Corinthians one twenty six through 30, I believe. Yeah. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in, in the world. Wait, let me start, start over. <laughs> Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in go. order to shame those who think they are wise. Wow. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Wow. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. Wow. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. Wow, that says it very plainly and very clearly. Yeah. And here's the, here's the good news about it. If you're a loser and nothing and nobody, then you qualify. I qualify, yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, God isn't against people who have all these great abilities and talents. No, it's just a ma- it's just that all their abilities and all their talents compared to God's are really nothing. Right. Well, they're from God anyway. <laughs> right. But you see, you have to kind of come to the end of yourself and say, Lord, it's really all about you, who you are, what you've done. Mm-hmm. God says if you're nothing, if you're a nobody, if you're a loser, if you're despised, then you qualify for his love and his grace. Yeah. You see, it's it's truly all about him. It's about who he is, his love, his grace. And when you really understand grace, you'll recognize that it's not based on any goodness of your own, of our own. Right. It's based solely on God's love. Oh, thank God for it. Praise God. He loves you in spite of who you are, not because of who you are. Yeah, I just said that because you said I stole it from you and you're stealing it back. I know it. That's that's my line. (laughs) You know, God loved you before you were ever born. That's crazy. 
He loved you before you ever sinned. He loved you even after you sinned. Yeah. That's the most he commanded thing. his love towards you, and now that you've accepted him, he loves you much, much, much more. Actually, you have become part of him. Mm. That's awesome. The grace and the blessing of God is in your life unconditionally. Mm. That's an amazing Bible truth. This is the message of the gospel. This is the truth that's in the word of God. It's not about man or man's ideas or man's religion. Right. It's all about God's love and God's grace, and it's for you and it's for me. It really is the truth that will set you free. Right. You're right. Because you're forgiven. That's right. Never forget what Romans 5, 8 says. Right. That God manifested his love towards us. And that, and that he died for us while we were yet sinners. Exactly. When we were at our worst. Yeah, while we were truly evil. Right. We had no goodness in us at all. You know, it's only religion that teaches that God's love or acceptance or favor towards us are tied to our works or our performance. You know, there's so many, many people who believe that God does exist. They know he's able. Yet sadly, they doubt his willingness to move on their behalf. And it's all they because they feel condemned by their sin. Yeah. Most people think that God offered them forgiveness from all their sins when they became born again, when they got saved. But since then, every sin they commit has to be dealt with, has to be repented of. Today, many Christians believe that God won't answer your prayers. He won't fellowship with you. He won't bless or use you if there's any sin in your life. But I'm telling you, that's just a religious way of thinking. It's simply not scriptural. Right. It's wrong. And here's why. God forgave all your sins, past, present, and future, even the sins you haven't committed yet, before. Way before. before. Way before. What? When he died on the cross. Oh, you mean the sins we haven't committed yet, he, he, he took away yeah. long ago. Exactly. Okay, I get what you're saying. Though. Before you were ever forgiven, your sins were forgiven. Before you were ever forgiven? Before you were saved. <laughs> <laughs> your salvation, what I'm trying to say is your salvation, God's love for you, his response to your prayers are not dependent upon you getting every sin confessed. Mm. And I know that's contrary to maybe what a lot of you have been taught, a lot of you would think, but I'll tell you why. DJ, read what it says in James 4.17. James, Grandpa's favorite Bible yep. book. James 4.17 says... Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Read that again. It is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Wow. Boy, that's heaping it on us, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Nobody studies the word as much as they'd like to and know they should. Mm -hmm. There's a sin. 
no one operates in love towards others exactly the way they should. Another sin. No one loves their husband or wife exactly the way they sin. should. Yeah. Because nobody's perfect. Yeah. We commit sins we aren't even aware of. We fail literally all the time. And according to the Bible, sin is us also just missing the mark, like yeah. DJ just read. And we're all missing the mark, period. If we think we have to get every sin confessed, we might as well all give up and go home <laughs> because we're never going to get there. Yeah. But the good news for all of us is all our sin, past, present, now, and even the ones we haven't even committed yet. I know that's hard to understand, but the future sins, they're already have been forgiven. Praise God. The instant you were born again in your new man, your born again spirit man, I love it when you say spirit, man. Yeah. You were created in righteousness and in true holiness. I, and I'll show you why. DJ, read Ephesians uh, chapter 4, starting with verse 21. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. There you go. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. I'll get this. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Created to be like God. Hmm. You didn't do that. <laughs> we I can't do that. No. The Holy Spirit did that. Yeah. You got born again. Right. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, now read what it says in Hebrews uh, chapter 10, around verse 10. Hebrews 10.10, 10. for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Who did it? God, by Jesus Christ. Okay. Once for all time. Wow. Once for all time. Yeah. But now let me read verse 12. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. For all time. There it is again. Now let me read verse 14. Okay. <laughs> for by that one offering, he made... Perfect, those who are being made holy. He forever made perfect, those who are being made holy. Wow. One and offer. He, and he makes forever. us holy. He makes us perfect. Wow. Listen, when you were born again. I mean, there's three verses right there. Yeah. Pretty much back to back to back to back. To back. Saying it over and yeah. over. And each time gets a little better. Yeah. I mean, when we're born again, we're sanctified. My dad used to like that word, sanctified. Sanctified. And we're perfected forever. In, and in that moment, you're sealed, your spirit is sealed by God's Holy Spirit. And this, here's the thing. Your sin does not affect that. Your sin doesn't affect that, your spirit. Interesting. And since God is spirit, he sees you in your born again. That's why I say spirit man. He's, that's the way he seals us. That's why he calls us holy when well, we when still Well, when you say sin. spirit man, it makes me think of like a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sees us that way because the, the way we're not holy, we still sin. But God sees us as being holy because in our spirit, man. because of what Jesus did, right. we are holy. Our spirit that's man awesome. Holy hard for us to wrap our head around that, right. but this is the truth. Yeah. And it's a good, good, good thing. Yeah. I mean, we'll read what it says in Ephesians chapter one. Wasn't it back up, Yeah, back up to, I think it's chapter one around verse 13. 
And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And you, when you first believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. See, that's what I mean. That Holy Spirit is the one that does the work. He's the Spirit. He gives He's, you the Spirit. Man. Yeah, that, that, that's who makes us perfect and yeah, holy. Right. And now we just says in John 4, 24, back up even further. A lot of scripture today. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit See, and in truth. It's just reinforcing what I said. Yeah. Uh, this means that God sees you as righteous. He sees you as holy. He sees you as pure as Jesus was. Yep. Now read 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 17. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Wow, that's awesome. There you go. Most people don't realize that. We're joined with God in our spirit. That's awesome. That's why I can have a bad day and be, and, 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 and be influenced, but inside I'm praising God. Yeah. Now read what it says in 1 John uh, 4.17. Getting your, your Bible workout. Yeah. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Because the Holy Spirit does that for us. It's not our works. And when you're born again, your spirit is sealed. And when you sin, it doesn't affect your right standing with God. Mm. However, your body, your soul, your mind, get defiled when you sin. Yeah. It, the Bible says that Satan is the one that came to steal, kill. Kill. I still don't have my teeth. I still can't I talk don't think right. Kill make, needs your teeth. <laughs> I gotta. I I can't talk right. Kill. I can get my new teeth in. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. <laughs> okay. Why do you always pick on me? You pick on me too. Well, Satan came to kill. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> See now you got me all aggravated. Satan came to steal. <laughs> <laughs> Last week I put a blooper reel at the end of the video. This week you get it right in the middle. <laughs> well, John ten ten yeah. says that Satan comes only to steal, mm-hmm. to kill, yeah. and destroy. Right, you got it. There, you, there go. you go. And here, let's get serious. If you yield to sin in your life, then really what you're doing is yielding to the author of that sin, who is the devil. That's right. Read what it says in Romans six sixteen. Back to the Bible. My Bible's going to be worn out here in (laughs) a month. This is all good stuff. Don't you realize that you you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Wow. You see, yielding to sin gives Satan an inroad, so to speak, into your physical body. And you're, then you're allowing him to bring poverty, sickness, disease, and like the Bible says, even death 
into your life. Right. God's not the one who causes cancer. You don't have to live with cancer. Mm -hmm. You don't. A lot of people say that well, they get sick and they say, well, I'm a Christian and, and, and uh, if God's not going to heal me of the sickness, there's some purpose in it. Well, the purpose is you need to give it over to God and get healed of it. Yeah, hurry up, figure out what that purpose is so you can get healed. Feel out what, feel what's go, figure out what's going wrong in your life and get rid of it and, and, and get healed. Yeah. God's will for you is to live healed. Jesus healed every single person that came to him. That's right, he did. We'll get into that someday. Where do we leave off? But sin has many consequences. But the consequences of sin are always in your physical body and it's in your mind because I tell you, it can also bring uh, uh, discouragement. Mm. We talked about this last week or the week before. When you worry, when you doubt, when you get in fear, even depression, yeah, it's because your eyes aren't focused on the Lord That's or right. his word, right? Yep. It's on your surroundings or it's on you. It's on your ability. It's on other people in your life. So yeah, sin has many consequences, but not to your born-again spirit. No. Uh, your born-again spirit, your relationship with God is good. Yeah. And he sees you as holy. It's your mind, it's your body that gets contaminated and defiled when you sin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, DJ, read 1 John 1, 7. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, now the reason I wanted you to read that, read that verse is because what I just said says, you may, you may think, geez, I really can't get away from this then. You know, there's no out for me. Right. Uh, no, because if you're a Christian and you're like, DJ, read that again. If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Right. So what should a believer do when they know that they've sinned? Well, first of all, like DJ just read, if you're walking in the knowledge and the revelation that God has uh, given you, then that blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from the sins, mm -hmm. even right. the ones you don't even know about. Right. Praise God for that. Yep. However, when you know that you commit a sin, First John 1, 9 uh, says to confess it. DJ, read that. Back up and read First John 1, 9. Actually. Oh, yeah, because you just read 1, 7. Yeah, read 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So God takes care of the ones we don't know about. Yep. Automatically. Right. Because of his love and his grace. Mm -hmm. And then he tells us what we need to do so he'll... Uh, to get rid of the ones we know about. You know, the word confess means to say the same thing as. Mm. Really, Walls is, simply put, it's just acknowledging that, God, you were right, I was wrong, and I turned from sin. Mm -hmm. By confessing and repenting, and here's what you're doing, you're closing the door on the devil, mm. you see. You're, you're, you're drawing out of your body and your soul, your mind, the righteousness and the holiness that's already in your born-again spirit, man, that we yeah, talked about. Yeah. And that will drive the devil out of your life. 
When you confess, repent, and turn from sin, you give the Holy Spirit power that is located in your born-again spirit, the ability to come out and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's right. That's right. That's what the, That's exactly what the... That's not our opinion. That's no. what the Bible says. Or you could say wickedness, like 1 John 1, 9 says. Right. But 1 John 1, 9 doesn't mean that you must confess every sin in order to have a good relationship with God. That would be simply impossible. Right. If for no other reason, you don't even realize every time you sin. Like we said, if you, if you know to do good and don't do it, that's sin. Right. How often do we do that? Right. Thinking that you have to keep everything confessed in order to be in right standing with God puts the burden of salvation on you. Think about it. You might as well be trying to save yourself. No, there is only one Savior, and none of us are him, right. okay? We're not perfect. Jesus died for all your sins, past, present, and even the future ones. You are forgiven. You need to understand that there's nothing you, you've done that makes or causes God to love you. And there's nothing that you haven't done that'll make you love you more or less. May God love you more or less. Right, yeah. right. In other words, you nothing you've done God and nothing you. you haven't done. God loves you equally no matter what. No matter what you've done or no what you haven't yeah. done. I just can't figure out how to say that. <laughs> Uh, First John 4, 8 says that God is love. That's why he does it. Mm. However, there are a lot of things you can do that will keep you from the correct understanding of this. And what I mean by that is sin causes us to be spiritually dumb. Mm. That's just not my opinion. It's the truth. It causes your heart to become hardened or cold insensitive, unyielding, and unfeeling towards God. Uh, DJ, read what it says in Hebrews 3.13. Hebrews 3.13. You know, we always look at sin, well, it wasn't so bad, but how's it affecting our relationship with God, our relationship with God, not God's relationship with us? There's Hebrews 3.13 yeah. says, You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. See what it does? Hardens you against God. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't say God, harden God against us. Right. It hardens us against God. That's right. You know, sin isn't smart. It's stupid. I don't mean that to say that funny, but when you sin, you're really putting blinders on. You're, you can't see or perceive. I mean, you become dull and lose your perception. Your spirituality becomes dull. And sin has consequences. But God is spirit, and he's looking at you through your spirit, like it says in John 4.24. Which I and, read earlier. Right. And when you sin and give Satan that inroad to your life, God's love for you doesn't fluctuate, doesn't change. He loves you just as much as he did before. He doesn't love you because you're so lovely he loves you because he is love. He is love. That's right. God doesn't just love us. He is love. That's right. Now, some of you may be thinking that maybe that I'm encouraging sin, like sin's okay. Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not doing that at all. A true understanding of God's grace 
simply cannot encourage sin. Mm. You know, it teaches us, and we learn through God's grace to hate sin. Deed, read what it says in Titus, small book toward the end of the Bible, chapter two, verse eleven and twelve. It says, "For the grace of God has been revealed." bringing salvation to all people. And we were instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Right. By the grace of God, as it said in the beginning of right. that verse. So you can see that the grace of God teaches you to live kind of a sober, righteous, holy life. Yeah. The grace of God doesn't cause me to go live in sin just because I'm covered by grace. No, that's that's wrong. You're not understanding grace. Not understanding, that. Exactly. And you're not in love with God. Yeah. You don't understand God's love. Yep. But what I'm trying to do is just encourage you to understand that God's love for you is totally unconditional. Yep. And if you can ever get a revelation of that, you'll fall in love with God and serve him more accidentally than you ever have on purpose. Right. Why? Because love is a greater motivation to serve God than fear ever was. Yep. You see, fear has torment. And let me explain. DJ, read what it says in 1 John 4, 18. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of punishment. And this shows that we, <clears throat> and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. See, how many people don't have a real close relationship with God because they're afraid mm. and they're feared of his punishment. Yeah. You know, uh, many, many, many Christians are tormented in their relationship with God. They think that they have to do all these things in order to, to get God to love them. Yeah. Or God's going to get you. That's simply just religious thinking, and it's wrong. Really, the only kind of fear we should have is the fear of God, because we, he knows who we are. You, know? <laughs> you, you, you don't have fear of the world, but you have fear of God because he knows what you've done wrong. Right. But back to what you were saying, if you think about it, what kind of relationship would it be if your spouse, or your boyfriend, your girlfriend came to you and said, all right, here we go. Unless you do this or that, love me more. I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> I'm going to keep a checklist of everything you do wrong. And the first time you get out of line, you're not getting anything from me. Um, I don't think you'd want someone like that. No, no. No one wants to be with someone that acts in that kind of way. You no. Know? Now, here's the thing. Compare that with our relationship with God. And sadly, DJ, that's how religion has presented God to people. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to talk to you. He won't answer your prayers, and you won't even listen to him. He's liable to cause you to get sick if you don't read your Bible every day. Oh, nope. He may even cause you to get cancer if you don't repent and change. No, no. a thousand times no. The reason I'm saying all this is, you simply can't have a good, loving relationship with God if you're basing it on your performance. That'll cause you to fear. But sadly, this is the picture that religion has painted of God. Yeah. 
This is what a lot of people think about God. And it's no wonder why so many people are struggling to maintain this loving relationship that we're talking yeah. about and trying to share. Yeah. <clears throat> the Bible's truth is simply this. God loves you because he's a good God. Amen. That's grace. That's the definition of grace. And your faith does not move him. No. God isn't responding to you. Your faith is a response to him. Boy, that's good, DJ. That's good. I'm going to steal that line from you. <laughs> All right. You need to understand that God loves you and deals with you by his grace. All right. He's already forgiven all your sins. You need to quit sinning so you don't let Satan have an inroad into your life like we just talked about. Right. But your holiness or lack thereof is not the basis for your relationship with God. No. If you understand and apply, apply these Bible truths that we're talking about to your life, you'll move to a whole new level <laughs> with your relationship with God. I guarantee it. It will reduce the Christian life down to where it's just super simple for you. Okay, DJ, I think that's a good place for us to stop today. We got some more we want to share with you on this subject. I think next week we'll wrap this all up. Yeah. Um, but I got some more to say, and I want this to go too long today. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure you uh, tune in next week and, and get the conclusion on God's love and grace. You're not, not going to want to miss it. You're not going to want to miss next week. We'll wrap this all up. But for today, that's enough. So thank you for watching, for listening, for supporting our ministry. Um, share this with other people. We always appreciate it. And uh, go Buffalo. Yeah. Go Bills. Yeah, go Bills. See you later. See you guys. Bye.